0: Hello and welcome to Our Lady of Victory. Today is January 4th, 2023. Happy New Year. And today we're going to reflect upon the Gospel reading from Mass, which is taken from John chapter 1, verses 35 through 42. And we're also going to reflect upon the life of Elizabeth Ann Seton, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, whose memorial the church celebrates today. I also want to explain my sweatshirt. I'm not dressing down for these reflections. I'm wearing it for a reason. It says UTG on it. And if you recall, you may know that UTG stands for Unleash the Gospel, which is the kind of the, the mission, the rallying cry maybe, the call to action of the Archdiocese of Detroit. We're all called to Unleash the Gospel. And also, on the back of my shirt it says bystanders, and there's a red line through it. I'm not going to turn around, but I have a hat with the same thing on it. So, that means no bystanders. We're all called to do it. I think it's relevant. I'm wearing it today because Jesus is putting his team together. He's getting ready to unleash the gospel in first century Palestine. He's talking with, you know, he's encountering for the first time, and they're encountering him, the apostles. John, Andrew, Peter. And also, I think, the life of Elizabeth Ann Seton, uh, shows us so much it's an example of how much God works with just ordinary people who surrender their lives to him and how he bears fruit and works through them for the benefit of others and for the world Right. so um, so we're going to get into the gospel reading I do want to set this up a bit because um, you know this, Jesus is, has just encountered John the Baptist and John the Baptist says this to his disciples about Jesus prior to the the reading. So he says this, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So just hold that whole idea of baptizing with the Holy Spirit in uh, your minds. And we're going to comment on that a bit in a moment. So a reading from the Holy Gospel According to John, John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You would be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I think one of the themes that comes out of this passage uh, is that it reveals the direction of our lives are forever changed, Once we encounter Jesus, authentically encounter Jesus and enter enter into a relationship with him. And I don't want to make it sound like it's more than authentically encountering. I mean, even when we really want to know Jesus and accept him into our, our lives and surrender to him, when we repent and believe like Jesus tells us to do, we receive him, believe in him, abide in him, obey his commandments. Our lives are forever changed. We're surrendering our hearts to him. Well, how does that happen and, you know, what can the saints teach us? We'll get to that. But first, remember that baptizes in in the Holy Spirit line. Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit. So I'd like to just share something from Pope Benedict, God rest his soul, who recently passed away. He, He attempts to explain what this means, or he does explain it. The Holy Spirit... Consecrates the person and at the same time makes him or her a living member of the mystical body of Christ, sharing in the mission of witnessing to his love, to Jesus' love. So when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're consecrated, we're set aside for God, right? Maybe that's one way to look at what consecrated means. You know, many of the Old Testament biblical prophets teach us that when God works out his definitive act of salvation at the end of time he will pour out the spirit so now these are Old Testament prophets and we say end of time end uh, the the messianic age Right? this is happening right now Uh, the the spirit has been poured out through Jesus so pouring out of the spirit is a way of referring to a manifold blessing that includes purification from sin Freedom from sin, reconciliation with God, putting us in right relationship with God. The profound inner knowledge of God and His teaching. Remember, Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit, who will come and teach us everything. He promises that to those who believe in Him, abide in Him, who uh, you know um, obey His commandments, that the Father, the Trinity, will come and dwell inside of them. That's us, that's us, the faithful, right? We talked about that before. So this promise was fulfilled that the, with the death and resurrection of Jesus. It was revealed to be, you know, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, this outpouring of the Spirit, rather, is revealed to be the personal presence of the Holy Spirit within the faithful, within us, which enlightens us, empowers us, and gives us joy. Well, the actions of the soon-to-be apostles, witness to the power that comes when one encounters Jesus. You know this life-changing uh, power, this uh, this you know baptism by the Holy Spirit, this infusion of grace one can receive when we re- when we encounter Jesus. John notes the time they went and saw and stayed with Jesus. He says it was about four in the afternoon. Now, why would he put something like that in there, an obscure detail like that? Well, it's because his life was forever changed at that moment. His life was never the same. And, you know, Andrew's life was never the same. We know that Andrew and Peter are brothers. They're fishermen. And in other passages in the gospel, uh, in the other gospels, rather, we know that when Jesus calls them, they leave everything behind. And they go and follow him. We know Peter's even married. He leaves that. And and, and he and they go and follow him. They, they answer the call. They respond to his call. And we know that the world has been blessed because they did these things. You know, here we are 2,000 years later talking about Peter and Andrew and John. And in Rome, right now, people are walking through St. Peter's Basilica. that has been there since, the current basilica has been there since the 1500s, right? The, The apostles changed the world. They brought Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth because they obeyed and responded to God's commands. Well, all of us are invited to encounter Jesus and let our hearts be captured by him, to be his disciples, to live joyful and meaningful lives. And we have saints in the Catholic Church. And one of the great, look, we have saints because they're examples of what it means to respond to Jesus, what it means to surrender our lives to him. And I just want to um, share for a moment some details of the life of Elizabeth Ann C. I'll read a bit from this book. Blessed Among All Women, which is a great book on on women saints. It's awesome, I highly recommend it. So for generations of poor and immigrant Catholics, the parochial school system was the entry point to education and assimilation into American life. So this outstanding feature of American Catholicism was created by many people but it rose largely on the foundation established by one woman, Elizabeth Ann Seton. Now, Elizabeth Ann was born two years before the American Revolution into a staunchly Episcopalian family, and she married a shipping merchant who was doing quite well. Well, her fortunes drastically changed. They ended up having five children, and her fortunes begin to change rapidly. Her husband is afflicted with tuberculosis. His business begins to fail. And in an attempt to help his health, they decide to go to Italy to live in a, in a different climate. They thought that would help his his condition. Well, he ended up dying in Italy. Now they were staying with friends who showed them great hospitality in Italy, and she decided to stay a few months after his death. And she was taken by their, their Catholic faith and to, to the point where she decides to convert. Well, when once she returned to New York, so intense was the anti-Catholic feeling among her family and social circle that she was effectively abandoned. By the time she was formally received into the church at, in 1805, she was left penniless to care for her five children. Well, a way out was, propo- was presented to her by a priest from Baltimore, and that was, he asked her to help her him start a catholic school which she did at his parish well also she started other women were attracted she actually attracted them to help her with the school and they decided to uh, uh, form a religious congregation devoted to the care and education of children well so here's just the rapid things god does in, in the lives of those who surrender to him as, as the first religious congregation founded in the United States, Mother Seton and her sisters had to grope their way through unknown territory. She ends up becoming Mother Seton, four years, only four years after she converted to to Catholicism. So here she, now she is a the mother superior of a congregation. Well, in the years to come, her Her practical good sense, abiding faith, and deep maternal instincts steadily guided the growth and spirituality of her community. Before long, schools and orphanages under her direction opened in several cities, and by the time of her death, on January 4, 1821, there were twenty such houses across the the country, part of the great infrastructure of charity and service that would, before long, meet the vast wave of Catholic immigrants. So she died at 47. So what a great thing, right? That She surrenders her life. She comes to know Jesus. She deals with great suffering in her life. The loss of her, you know, we went through it already, right? But, you know, Mother Seton, when she died, toward the end of her life, she wrote, and she's really quoting St. Paul here, I am sick, but not dying, troubled on every side, but not distressed, perplexed, but not despairing, afflicted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Knowing the affliction of this life is but for a moment, for the glory and the life to come will be eternal. So just like we all live our lives, we're going, we're not, Jesus doesn't promise things to be easy. He promises that it'll be worth it. And Mother Seton kind of summarized that in what she just said, that, um, you know, we're looking for the prize of eternal life, to union with God. And that's what gives us joy in this life. And when we surrender to Him, He makes our way known to us. He teaches us in the depths of our hearts what He's calling us to do. And it's in this way that our lives bear fruit. And um, we're all called to to um, make that known to other people, to make that known that Jesus cares about us in this life, cares about our plight, and has plans for our life if we uh, surrender to Him and allow Him to be the center point and the guide. Go in peace, brothers and sisters.